As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. Welcome to the My Essential Birth Podcast. I'm Courtney. And I'm Stephanie. And we're professional doulas, childbirth educators, and the creators of My Essential Birth, the holistic, empowering online childbirth education course helping mothers everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. So join us each week as we share tips and advice for all things pregnancy, birth, and beyond. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you can be the first to get new content. And head over to www.myessentialbirth.com for more information about our birth course and to join a community of mamas just like you. Before we get started, we would like to invite you to leave a review for this podcast in iTunes. It's a brand new show and it's really important in the launch of a new podcast to gather reviews. Will you please help us spread the word by leaving a review so that more mamas have a chance of finding this podcast when they search for one? We read every single review and we promise to keep doing that. We love what everyone, all of you ladies have been saying about the Pregnancy and Birth Made Easy podcast here with My Essential Birth. So thank you everyone for your continued support. All right, this is one of our hot topics that we are pretty excited to do. We're excited to see what everyone has to say about it as well. But this is all about OBs, obstetricians, versus midwives. And I know that that is controversial, that it's kind of going to get some people flaring up, and we're kind of excited about that. Um, We certainly have our own views, but as always, we want to make sure that we are giving you all the information from all the sides, um, and we want to hear from you guys exactly what you think. So we're going to go into just some basics. We want to talk about what kind of schooling they have, um, each of them, including like their training and what that looks like for birth. We want to talk about what exactly they cover in the form of medical care, what they do in regards to birth and what it looks like to be in the birth space with them, as well as what their rates for cesareans or interventions are, what medicines that they might be able to use or not use at each location. We're going to talk about what we've observed as patients of each of these kinds of people, as well as what we've observed as doulas and supporting women during birth. And then we're gonna end everything with a list of questions that you can ask yourself to figure out if you are with the right provider. And the right provider for you doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, you're on the midwife side or the OB side. It's what does the right provider look like for you? Right, there's no one size fits all here. Every woman's birth situation is unique and different, but I'm so excited to put these two head to head because in my (laughs) mind I'm picturing like boxing gloves, like pow, pow, one point for this one. So let's lay it all out for you. All right, so the first thing we're going to compare is education, schooling, that kind of thing. So we have our OBGYNs, which just so you know, the GYN part doesn't really have anything to do with pregnancy or birth. Um, That stands for gynecologist, and they can take care of women 
women's health issues, but they are not licensed to deliver babies if they're only a gynecologist. So for our purposes, we're focusing on obstetricians. So obstetricians have a bachelor's degree, then they do four years of medical school, followed by four years of residency or specialty training. That's 12 total years of schooling. For a CNM or a certified nurse midwife, which typically 99.9% .9 of the time will deliver in hospital or provide care in a hospital setting, they must become, they have to come to the table with a bachelor's degree and then they must become a registered nurse first and then they complete a graduate program in midwifery, which is a total of about eight years of training. And then we have out of hospital midwives, um, midwives who practice at birth centers or who attend home births. And um, some of them have a four-year bachelor's bachelor's degree. Um, they go on then to do some hands-on training. They can choose whether or not they do the national certification. They can also practice without a certification. And there's different reasons for that. So here in Utah, it's not required that you have any kind of certification. So here, they're called CPMs, a certified professional midwife. But here in Utah, that's not required. So you can be what's called a lay midwife or a direct entry midwife, and you don't technically need to have any of that training. Now, I'll tell you that when I gave birth in North Dakota, that was what happened there. So my midwife had attended like thousands of births. Um, she'd been doing it for 40, 50 years. She was incredible. Um, but there, they're actually not allowed to attend births out of hospital. So she was not able to do any kind of certification legally. Otherwise, she could have been arrested for what she was doing. And in fact, she wasn't able to charge for her services. So even in that case, it was a donation that was made on our behalf to her. So there are different reasons for certifying or not certifying. That, that alone, certification alone, I strongly do not believe makes a good or a bad midwife. Another thing I want to point out with out-of-hospital midwives is that, you know, we mentioned hands-on training. Many of them may also have in-school training as well. I know that local to us here is like the Midwives College of Utah, and that is, you know, book learning and the hands-on learning, and that's typically about a four-year program as yeah. well. And there, and there are many schools that do that. So women will either go to an accredited school. You can take some of them online. There's different routes to become an out-of-hospital midwife, including just hands-on training. So it's all dependent on how the midwife chooses to practice and how she chooses to learn. But overall, she's got to have a basics, right? We've got, there's basics of things that need to be learned. So we're not going to get into all the details. We just wanted to give you an overview of, of that information. But we will give you some questions at the end that you can ask um, these providers, especially midwives, to help you dig and find out just what their training background looks like. So we're just going to mention salaries here. We felt like that's always kind of a nice to know thing. Yeah, just interesting. Interesting. So obstetricians uh, make on average two hundred and eighty-four thousand U.S. dollars per year. Certified nurse midwives make about one hundred and ten thousand dollars per year, and an out-of-hospital midwife makes on average fifty-four thousand dollars per year. As far as what these different professionals do. An OBGYN or an OB, they cover preconception, pregnancy, childbirth, and immediate postpartum. Um, obstetricians alone would focus just on women during pregnancy and birth. They can be your primary care provider and deal with continuity of care and do surgical procedures as well. And surgical procedures could be anything from, I've had a miscarriage and I need a dilation and curettage. Um, they can do um, anything involved, honestly, in the uterine area. So any kind of cervical cancer procedures, anything regarding fertility or infertility. Um, there are different specialists that deal with that, like a reproductive endocrinologist. That's a subspecialty of the obstetrician and gynecologist 
gynecological care. But um, as far as that, they, they are surgeons, they're trained surgeons, and we'll get into that in a minute. But along with that, because of surgery, they can perform a cesarean birth, and they're the only one of these three that we're talking about that is qualified and able to do that. So a certified nurse midwife cannot perform any kind of surgery. Certified nurse midwives do work side by side with um, maybe an attending obstetrician, or maybe there's another practice that they have a partnership, so that in the event that a cesarean birth becomes necessary, um, they then refer out to an OB who takes care of that. And that would be the same for an out-of-hospital midwife. So they also cannot perform any kind of surgery. Um, hopefully, if you have a midwife or you know midwives, they would have a good relationship with different OBs at different hospitals that would be local to them, to their location, or to where you're birthing. But if that's not the case, just be aware that you would be, in the event of a transfer, you would be with an obstetrician um, under the care of an obstetrician in the event that that transfer does result in a cesarean birth. Let's talk about dollar dollar bill, y'all. <laughs> Who can take insurance? Um, obstetricians can. They can totally take insurance. You can find somebody in network. Now, depending on how much insurance kicks mm -hmm. in for you is a whole different story, you know, based off out-of-pocket deductibles and all those kinds of things. But they can take insurance. And so can CNMs or certified nurse midwives. Um, all of your labs, all of the medication they prescribe, basically just like an OB, all of those things would be covered, including the birth. An out-of-hospital midwife sometimes can take insurance, but it's rare. Um, typically, though, your expenses to them are all out-of-pocket, um, but your lab fees may be covered. Yeah, and an out-of-hospital birth can range anywhere from, what, like $1,500 all the way up to like 7000 or more. Yep. So make sure to ask around, ask your local area, and get that information before booking with a midwife. But also, don't make your decision based on price alone, sometimes cheaper is not always better. And sometimes cheaper is better. All right, here's one of the hot topics that we're gonna discuss here. An obstetrician is a trained surgeon. Now we mentioned this, obviously they're the only ones that can perform cesarean births, they do other kind of surgeries as well, but this is very important because their training is to look for the complications so that they can make sure that there's not an emergency gone too far. So their red flags, I believe, from my experience, and we'll get into this a little bit later, but they pop up earlier and more frequently than somebody who is trained in normal. When it comes to surgical operations, obstetricians are typically very good at what they do, and they really are looking to keep mom and baby safe. There's also liability issues that you need to take a look here. I think the concern here, and the reason why some women often feel more comfortable in the care of a midwife, is naturally looking at pregnancy and birth through the lens of complication. And sometimes that can mean that they're seeing complications or an opportunity or a need for a surgical remedy or an intervention where one isn't actually needed. Certified nurse midwives are trained in normal, and that would be the same for out-of-hospital midwives, but basically a midwife is trained to kind of stand as, what, like a lifeguard? You're watching over the situation, you're making sure nobody's drowning, that there's no emergent things going on, but it's not your job to jump in and save at every little, every little dip or every little breath, right? Your job is to look over and watch a body that is normal and allow it to do its normal thing. 
Now, we're going to get into a little bit later. Yep, because I was just going to say, <laughs> not all certified nurse midwives right. follow that philosophy. Some of them are um, a lot more medically minded, but yeah, we'll talk so about Yeah, so we'll talk that. about that in a minute. Out-of-hospital midwives are very much trained in the normalcy of pregnancy and birth. Um, they view it as a normal, natural, biological event, and they approach it as such. Similar to a certified nurse midwife, they do kind of take the lifeguard approach where we're going to let birth do its thing and we're only going to intervene if necessary. We briefly touched on this, but for an obstetrician, they can provide medicine, but that also includes anything medical that would need to happen um, in order to start a labor or to an augment a labor. So that would be things like induction medication, Pitocin. Um, you've heard us talk about Cytotec and how we don't love that, a Foley bulb, other medical techniques or things that would need to happen in a hospital setting in order for it to be safe and the mom and baby to be watched over. So for a certified nurse midwife, in terms of um, medicine, they can order epidurals during birth. Obviously, that's the anesthesiologist performing those in any situation, but that can be ordered. You still have that option with them. Um, and they can also, they're licensed to do inductions with medications such as Pitocin and cervical ripeners and things like that. Out-of-hospital midwives don't have the same um, medicines or things, especially for inductions, that other midwives do. Some of them that are certified and have that the things that they need to be able to perform some of these medical things, like they have licenses where they can bring medicine such as Pitocin and things like that, but it's not to be used in the event of an induction. So midwives will use more natural things like tinctures, um, maybe a stripping of the membranes. There castor is, oil. Castor oil is the big <laughs> one. Breaking a bag of waters to augment labor during birth. They're able to do all those things, nitrous oxide, but they can't, they can't augment or they can't begin labor using those medical things that we just mentioned. I just want to clarify here because this is really important. As you're listening to this, I don't want anybody thinking like, oh, who would go with an out-of-hospital midwife if they can't use any medications if necessary? Um, if they are licensed, um, if they are certified professional out-of-hospital midwives, then um, I would say many of the out-of-hospital midwives then can and do use things like Pitocin, but they use it to stop hemorrhage postpartum, or they have resuscitation equipment for baby. Um, but what we're trying to say here is that if we're talking strictly about starting labor with medications uh, like Pitocin, they don't do that. Obviously, an obstetrician is going to have a higher rate of cesarean birth overall, but um, keep in mind that they also take not just low risk, even if they're not a high risk doctor, they take kind of all the, the ranges of moms. So it's really important that you're interviewing your specific obstetrician and asking for their specific cesarean rates. But generally, cesarean rates are much higher with an obstetrician than it will be, obviously, along with any other of these. But the cesarean rates still exist for certified nurse midwives and out-of-hospital midwives because of their transfer rates to having an obstetrician do a cesarean birth. A certified nurse midwife, so that's the one that practices typically in hospital, they do have lower rates of cesarean birth. And they can still see high-risk moms as long as that mom has another um, high-risk specialist that they're working with. As far as out-of-hospital midwives, they typically do not take high-risk patients. I'm pretty sure they're not even technically allowed to do that, although if a mom is considered high-risk simply because of her age or something like that, that alone is not a reason to have to see a high-risk provider. Check back to our Advanced Maternal Age podcast. 
Also, we need to kind of take a minute here to talk about what makes you high risk and what doesn't. Um, the fact that you're carrying twins or a multiple pregnancy does not necessarily make you high risk. Um, there's been many wonderful twin births out of hospital. Just because you have had prior miscarriage does not necessarily mean that you are a high-risk pregnancy, especially after you've cleared that first trimester. Yeah, and so make sure if you're feeling like anything's out of place or there's a reason that you don't feel you should be high-risk that feels off to you, meet with another provider, um, send us a DM, ask some questions, ask, ask questions to people around you because it's likely you might be right. Right. Prior cesarean birth does not necessarily not make you high-risk, so just do your research. So our last head-to-head -head point here um, has to do with reliance on medical tools. So an obstetrician is going to rely more on medical tools in most cases and not necessarily a woman's body. So for example, if we have a baby that's not um, descending through the birth canal during the pushing stage of birth very easily, this doctor is going to be more apt to use something like a vacuum extraction. Whereas a midwife would be more likely to use positionings. Hey, let's turn mom onto her side or onto all fours. They're typically more apt to use mom's body and natural things to, um, to resolve any issues. As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot, totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. All right, so now we've got to stop and take a moment and jump into the medwife. <laughs> Not okay. midwife, yes. medwife. I will, I'm going to say right now that I have been guilty of kind of putting midwives on a pedestal for myself even mm -hmm. in the past and thinking like, oh my gosh, they are just so great because of my personal experiences. But I will tell you as a doula um, and being in this birth industry for a while, there are people out there. Um, women midwives out there that are much more medical intervention happy. We're going to get into kind of what that looks like here, right now. And on that note, I feel like it's fair to say, um, and maybe I should have said this earlier, but there are incredible obstetricians. I hope we were really just going head to head on like the basics and clear cut truthful, straightforward things, but there are incredible OBs, incredible midwives, and there's terrible OBs and terrible midwives. So I just want to make that clear that we're not saying one is better than the other and giving you all the information up front. Right. If you have a really medical intervention happy um, midwife, they're a midwife. And if you have an MD, an obstetrician. It's, an, it's a derogatory term. It is. That we it's not a good hear. thing. And then if you have an MD, an obstetrician who really takes that lifeguard approach, like, you know what, we're going to let your body do its thing. I trust the natural process. I'll intervene only if necessary. We like to call them midwives in disguise, MDs. MD. It's so good. <laughs> okay. So honestly, the same applies for how you feel when you're with the medwife. Okay. When you're with any provider, how are 
are you feeling? Um, and we're gonna go over questions that you can ask in a minute to help you um, get into a better space. But just because they're a midwife doesn't mean they're all peaches and cream. So it's really important that you're paying attention to how you feel, how you're um, respected, how they talk to you, all of that. And when you bring up questions, how they're answered, all that plays a, plays a part in this. So even when you're interviewing a midwife, you need to be asking them their transfer rate, their cesarean rate, and don't be surprised if for some of these midwives, their rates are pretty high. Um, also with a midwife, this would be somebody who would transfer earlier or more frequently, um, not really allowing the body to do what it needs to do, kind of sloughing you off, the labor's taking too long, they don't want to deal with it much longer, whatever the case. Maybe they've had another mom come in to yes. the birth center and they just don't want to be dealing with two births at once. And when we talk about transfer, in this case we're talking about transferring your care to an obstetrician at a hospital. At a hospital. Yeah. Um, somebody that recommends and uses methods of induction as approaching your due date instead of just allowing your body to do, like how often are we saying your due date is a guest date, it's not 40 weeks. If already at 39 weeks or 38 weeks they're saying, well, we're going to have to get things moving if we're getting close to 40 weeks, that's a red flag. Right. Let's do some membrane sweeps. Let's give you that. That's not typically the approach you see a midwife take. A midwife will often use artificial rupture of membranes, meaning manually breaking your bag of waters to move birth along. And while that is an option, depending on how birth is going, that a midwife can do and at a home setting, if you're noticing that there's really no reason except for the speeding up of the birth, not having to do with your comfort, not having to do how long you've been in birth, without any other information, then that is not a good thing by its own. Along with that, this would be somebody who lacks patience in general, and you kind of feel rushed, whether at your appointments or during the birth process itself. So I have to share a quick experience. I was doula-ing. I think that's a verb, right? Yeah. For someone really close to me, and she had selected a certified nurse midwife for her care. And she had kind of perhaps made the mistake in thinking that because she was with a certified nurse midwife that nothing would be pushed on her that wasn't necessary. So she went in for a prenatal exam um, right around, I would say, 37, 38 weeks. And she had a kind of slightly elevated blood pressure reading. And instead of saying, hey, let's monitor you for a little bit, because it wasn't crazy high, let's monitor for you maybe an hour just to see where this is headed, right, which would be a bit more of a lifeguard approach. Instead, she was immediately sent to labor and delivery without her husband feeling very scared and was um, put right away onto um, cervical ripeners, um, Cytotec. And she called me beforehand because I lived a bit away and she was like, this is what they're saying to do. And I'm like, no, please just hold on, like wait for me. Um, but this medwife was very, very pushy, ended up giving this mom. And by the way, the whole rest of the time, because they have to monitor your blood pressure really regularly as soon as they start those medical interventions, right? Mm -hmm. um, she never once after that had a high blood pressure reading at all. Wow. Yet this medwife continued to give her two more doses, so three total of this cervical ripener, and it just ended up leading to a really not great birthing experience for this mom. This um, medwife, even though this mom of mine was dilated to a 10, at this point I wasn't there anymore because this induction had gone on for days and I had to switch out and go home. Um, she had the baby lay in the birth canal for 45 minutes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, we're going to let baby descend. And by the time this medwife came in to deliver, baby's heart was decelerating, had to do a, and I'm doing air quotes, emergency episiotomy for the delivery. So I guess the whole point in all of this is, just don't assume that because they're a midwife that 
they're going to take that more holistic approach. Right. Um, lastly, they if you are with an out-of-hospital midwife, this would be a midwife that does not follow you to the hospital for a transfer. Really, I can't decide or I can't think of any reason that a midwife should not follow a family for a transfer in care. Um, of course, the information has to go with the patient. They have to call the doctors. They have to give them all the information from the, the labor that has already happened. But this person should come with you to the hospital. And I will say naively, again, I didn't know that there were midnight that did not transfer and that makes me feel very uncomfortable. A lot of them, a good one, will sometimes stay with the mom at least for a certain period of time until she's comfortable. She may act more like in a doula capacity if they yes. transfer to a hospital. Um, but you have to keep in mind here that if their transfer rate's really high and they're sending women out of their care really quickly, um, they're still going to charge you their fee. And yes. then you're going to have to pay the hospital fee too. Yes, so asking about transfer rate is really important. All right, let's go over what this looks like during birth, OB versus midwife. So for an obstetrician, keep in mind that the vast majority of births that these providers have seen are medicated. That's because most women are, they don't even know they have an option if we're being quite honest, but most women come to them and they're looking for some kind of pain management relief in the form of an epidural, um, induction, whatever the case. And so the majority of what they see are medicated births. That doesn't mean it's not good or bad. We're just letting you know that that's their normal. And so when you have a mom that comes to them in an unmedicated capacity that's looking for that kind of birth, I believe they really get into the routine of what they're used to doing, the majority of what they do. And so we're just going to give you some heads up as we go. So the vast majority of births that midwives uh, out of hospital see are unmedicated births. So an obstetrician um, will be there for the birth or delivery, hopefully, although it might not be your exact um, OB. It might be somebody else in the practice. Could be the OB on call. We would hope it would be your OB, but generally, right, they only come in at the end. Right at the end. Yep. Yeah. And so that's a little different because an out-of-hospital midwife, certainly, but a certified nurse midwife as well, will spend the majority of time that you're either at, like whenever you're at your birth location, the majority of the time will be spent with the midwife. They really act in that capacity. They watch over. They stay with you. They provide emotional and physical support. That's kind of what they do. Yep. An obstetrician, you're going to have the nurse, whoever your labor and delivery nurse is, as the go-between for communication between you and your doctor during that time. Typically, though, with a midwife, especially if they're out of hospital, you're communicating directly with them. Um, a certified nurse midwife, you may sometimes have a nurse as your go-between, but not as much as you would with an obstetrician. And same with nurses as um, in regards to in having a birth in hospital with an obstetrician, your nurses provide your support during the birth. So any kind of hands-on support, getting you drinks and water and things like that, if you don't have a doula or other labor support with you, then that's who you would lean on. Whereas an out-of-hospital birth provider or a certified nurse midwife, they would be providing a lot of that care. However, if that certified nurse midwife is in a hospital setting, um, then they really do rely on the nurses to get them things and, and everything like that. Out-of-hospital midwives will also be the ones that will be checking your baby's vitals and mom's vitals to make sure that everybody's okay. Whereas when you're in a hospital, whether it's a certified nurse midwife or an OB, um, they will be using the nurses mostly to be doing that. I have seen nurse midwives that come in and they do the hands-on support and as well as checking the vitals as well. So an obstetrician is going to leave fairly shortly after the birth. They're going to get you stitched up if necessary. They're going to make sure there's no risk of postpartum hemorrhage or anything like that. But once they're done with those things, they're typically out of there. Um, same thing with the certified nurse midwife. They leave a little while after maybe an OB would, but it's not super long. And from there, they trust the nurses to um, 
take charge of your postpartum, whereas an out-of-hospital midwife is going to stay with you and provide that postpartum care for sometimes hours after the birth. Now let's jump into what we've observed as patients, ourselves, as mothers, and as doulas in labor support. Um, keep in mind that the majority of births that we attend are with women who are looking for extra support, they're looking for personalized care, and they may or may not be with a provider that they love and trust. Any good provider can make a woman feel loved and respected and hold a great deal of power in helping that mother to achieve the birth that she desires. And just the opposite, any not good provider can make a woman doubt herself and feel unsure in the vulnerable space of pregnancy and birth and can destroy a mother's opportunity for the birth that she dreamed of. OBs may tend to get in the routine of what they normally do. Remember that the majority of births that they attend include medical intervention and epidurals, so treating an unmedicated mother is just out of their routine. It's out of the norm for them. And so just to note, that's not necessarily a bad thing. They're good at what they do. They're used to stitching people up or however you want to look at it. Um, but if you have things like delayed cord clamping or immediate skin to skin or some of those things that are really important to a lot of moms, um, particularly those that tune into the podcast, um, that those are things that you want, you need to keep in mind that that's not their norm. And so it's not a bad thing, but you may have to be a reminder or make sure that you set up a reminder in that in that instance. Right. And that goes true for things like avoiding induction and stuff like that. As sure. Well. This next part is just mine, Stephanie. This is my personal experience. When having my first baby, I had no idea there was such a thing as a midwife. I thought everybody went to an OBGYN and had their babies that way. Um, and so I saw an OB and I had a really bad experience with my first and I had a cesarean birth. I believe that birth truly to my deepest core is not an emergency. And I feel like a lot of times when we end up in hospitals or with these medwives, it's treated as this emergency thing and it's just not. So I got educated. I took a class and I had a really, really good experience with midwives the next two times. So I actually saw OB. I saw an OB with my second, but it was midwives that delivered. We were overseas. I think I've talked about this before in Europe. And it was a very natural process. Like I didn't plan to see the OB at all during my birth unless I needed a cesarean birth. So I enjoyed that so much. Um, and when I looked for my third, I, I had, a, again, I planned to go to the hospital. I didn't really think much of it. However, that hospital near us said they were doing another cesarean birth if I walked through those doors. And so that forced me into researching an out-of-hospital midwife. And when I had that experience, it changed my life. It changed my world. And so I, I am totally aware that I have some biases for myself um, and what I'm willing to put my, my body through and into and with with other providers. So um, I have a deep love and appreciation and respect for midwives. And I had an incredible experience that really catapulted me into what we do today. Um, so for me, I do prefer midwives for my care, and that includes for my obstetrician care. I Same thing after having babies, had gone to several different obstetricians for personal menstrual issues and whatever, and I really felt left off. That's my experience, so take that for what it is. Um, but I do with a midwife, I feel, and especially a female midwife, I feel like she understands. She's been there before. I feel loved and supported. And of course, I'm only going to be with providers where I feel that way. So even if it's a midwife, I would look for that. Um, and then I want to make clear that I respect and appreciate OBs and I'm grateful for their knowledge, um, their time and study, their expertise. If anything ever goes south and I have another baby and I have a home birth and for whatever reason I end up at the hospital, um, absolutely 100% grateful for these incredible surgeons that are trained and willing and, and able to take care of me and my baby. I do believe that women and babies would have worse outcomes without OBs. 
babies. So let me be clear that in the event of emergent situations or um, some things that we, we take care of now that we weren't able to take care of, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, um, I do believe that OBs make birth a safer experience in those, in those situations. I believe in a woman's right to choose her provider and to set up a birth that makes sense to her and feels right to her. So that's where I come from. Um, but I hope that as we did this episode, you really saw there are so many sides to this and there's no right answer for any one right answer. It really is personal. And I think every mother deserves and, and deserve that respect and that love and that appreciation to pick who she believes is best in her bird space. So my pregnancy history started off with a number of miscarriages and the OB that I was working with was just, he really wasn't interested in doing anything to help us figure out why I was having so many of them. So I switched providers found a wonderful physician, um, OB, down in Arizona, and um, he helped us get pregnant, and I ended up sticking with him for our births as well, the births of our first two kids, and he was one of those midwives in disguise. Mm -hmm. He took that lifeguard approach very seriously, and because of that, and because of the supportive labor and delivery nurses I had, I had wonderful, unmedicated, in-hospital birth experiences. I was made to feel strong and powerful and encouraged. Um, I hated, however, my postpartum experience in the hospitals. That's where I really felt like I had a loss of power, um, where I didn't feel like my requests and desires were being honored. So for my third birth, um, we had moved to a different state and we decided to seek an out-of-hospital midwife um, and had kind of the opposite experience of what we were hoping for. I, of course, had researched a ton and chose this specific midwifery group. And when it came time for the actual birth, and of course, transition is one of those times where women are just begging for more support emotionally and physically. And I remember I'm in the tub and I'm just crying out, you know, help me, help me. And she just sat there with like resting bee face the whole time. Didn't say anything encouraging, didn't do anything, didn't try to encourage me into a different position. And I very much felt emo like disappointed in that being her response. Um, the birth went fine. I didn't have anybody fighting me on not wanting to have an IV, but then again, I didn't with my OB either. However, my postpartum experience out of hospital was amazing. Um, it was easy. That was my quickest recovery. And so for our fourth and final baby, um, we decided to do a certified nurse midwife in hospital. Again, had a great experience in hospital. Um, she was there doing counter pressure for me, was really there emotionally for me. Um, and so like Stephanie said, it's just, I think it really boils down to the provider, not necessarily um, you know, what their credentialing might be. So here are some great questions to ask yourself when trying to find the right provider for you. Um, first of all, you need to figure out which setting will you be birthing in, in hospital or out of hospital? Does your provider make you feel heard and respected? Does your provider understand and, and respect your birth preferences? Do they take adequate time to listen to your concerns at your appointment? So some things you can ask yourself are also, am I more comfortable with an OBGYN or a midwife? When I envision my ideal birth, what does it look like and which provider would best suit this role? Remember to ask what the cesarean rate of the hospital or the provider is and what is the transfer rate if it's an out-of-hospital midwife. Finally, do I know anyone who knows this provider professionally or as a patient that I can ask questions about them too? Remember that birth is an emotional experience. Yes, there are actual and literal complications that can and do arise. 
However, the capability of our bodies to safely birth our babies should not be downplayed. Birth is a transformative experience, and a woman will forever remember how she was made to feel throughout the process, no matter how she chooses to give birth or which complications may arise. Respect should be at the forefront. All right, so we're curious. What's your pick? Who won out for you? obstetrician, certified nurse midwife, out-of-hospital midwife, send us a DM, send us an email, let us know somehow what's your choice. And tell us why. We want to know what brought you to that conclusion because it's so interesting to me to hear everybody's personal, like even like I want to hear your Enneagram type, you know, like what mm-hmm. is it that led you to that decision because it's personal for every mama. All right, mamas, we will be back with more tips and advice soon. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe so that you get notifications first about new episodes. And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for more information on the birth course and to join our online community serving pregnant mamas just like you. 